Chicago, Illinois, where the title in town is taking place, ready for the Bears game, live from London, England tomorrow. Woohoo! But in the meantime, we got eight teams in the American and National League playoffs. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about uh, famous number 36s, since this is podcast 36. The most famous of those would be none other than Gaylord Perry, which is kind of fitting because we're going to take a look at the 1919 World Series again up close because by today, the 1919 World Series was already through game number four. And uh, it's kind of interesting what was going on in 1919. And uh, we're going to take a look at 1959. The reason that Gaylord Perry is synonymous with 1919 is Gaylord Perry is one of the big cheaters in baseball who's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he knowingly greased up pitches with Vaseline and anything else he could lay his hands on and uh, cheated his way into the Hall of Fame. And, and uh, of course, nobody seemed to care. Nobody even bats an eye. It's like stealing signs. It's like uh, uh, some of the rules in baseball, they don't mind cheating. But if you bet on baseball... Uh, you better um, never count on getting into the Hall of Fame. So, if you cheat on baseball, you're in. If you don't, you're out. So goes the saga of Pete Rose and Joe Jackson. But anyway, let's keep it light, at least for a few minutes. And when we hear that song, it reminds me of another song, Take Me Out to the Ball Game, a song that uh, has been played in the seventh inning for many, many, many decades. And... One of the phrases is, I don't care if I ever get back. I don't care if I ever get back for its root. root. Okay, you get the drift. I won't sing anymore. I might later on. But I don't care if I ever get back is quite fitting because playoff baseball is averaging about four hours a game. And that is a disgrace that MLB has to live with. Oh, my God. Four hours and 27 minutes for one game. Three of the games have been over four hours. The other is right around four hours, and I think one was under three hours. So again, it's like turning on the 12 o'clock game for the football and uh, watching that game, uh, the highlight show, the kickoff for the second game, all the way to halftime of the second game, one baseball game. It's ridiculous. And... In looking at the 1919 World Series and looking at the 1959 World Series, because 59 was when my favorite team, the Go-Go White Sox, were in it, I looked at the time that it took uh, to play those games. In 1959, game number one, it took two hours and 35 minutes. Game number two, it took two hours and 21 minutes. Game number three, two hours and 33 minutes, and so it goes. Every game was under two hours and 45 minutes. In fact, the longest was two hours and 33 minutes. The attendance back then, pretty much the same now. Game one at Comiskey Park, and isn't that a great name, Comiskey Park, named after the old, well, well he was the old uh, Roman. Yeah, I knew I'd come up with it, the old Roman whose cheapness led to the Black Sox scandal. Uh, some say the Black Sox were even named before the scandal because they tried to do anything to get around the chintzy owner, Charles A. Comiskey. Uh, 
But at any rate, 48,000 at Comiskey, 47,000 for game two. Now, hold on to your hats. This is pretty funny. In game three, the venue moved to Los Angeles, California. Now, it was one to one. The White Sox won the first game, 11 is nothing. And the Dodgers came back and won game two, four to three. Game three in Los Angeles, the Dodgers won that game three to one in front of 92,394 people. Yes, that's right. 92,394 butts in the old seats. My goodness gracious. Game lasted two hours and 33 minutes. Each pitch, each team had a total of two pitchers in the game. What a difference. Our game has evolved into a boring, ratings-killing game. And the quality of the game is about the same. Uh, maybe a little worse. I still defer to the old old days, the 50s and 60s is better baseball, but be that as it may, the games just go on and on and on. Even if there's 15 or 20 strikeouts, they still go on and on and on. Game four, Los Angeles Coliseum drew 92,650. A few people didn't go that day. Two hours and 30 minutes. Dodgers won the game. Five to four using two pitchers. Game five, 92,706. White Sox win, one to nothing. Game goes two hours and 28 minutes. And the deciding game six was the route that I attended, unfortunately, when I was nine years old. Dodgers won nine to three. It was in front of 47,580 people. And even though they scored 11 runs, that game lasted two hours and 33 minutes. So you can play baseball games in two and a half hours, even in the playoffs if you don't have all these commercials. But the only way they're making money is with these TV contracts. And so I don't get it. The ratings are way down. Attendance is way down. And playoff baseball ratings are way down. And um, if the Yankees were to lose, which I don't think they're going to do, the ratings would go down even more. So that's kind of the uh, take on, on that. In the first series, we've got the... Uh, Cardinals versus the Braves. And you'll recall, I picked the Cardinals to finish dead last in the Central Division of the National League, and I guess that was not quite right. So you ask, what was the biggest thing that seemed to be missing from my analysis? Well, number one, objectivity. Number two, an appreciation for what the Cardinals had not had in the past, but what they got this year, speed and defense. And that's something the Cubs are going to have to do because they were close to leading the league in errors. The Cardinals went out and got Edmund. They got Bader. And, and they all of a sudden turned into a pretty good defensive team. But I got to tell you, they are right in the middle of the pack hitting. They didn't have anybody that had been with the team all year hitting over 300. And so uh, what are you going to do? They had a great pitcher in Flaherty. Wainwright had a year like, I just can't even believe. And so uh, they got into the playoffs by winning the Central Division, beating out the Cubs and the Brewers. And then the Brewers went in the playoffs, first game. Since their last podcast, the Brewers played the A's. In a, I'm sorry, strike that. Amazing, I can 
I can air every now and then. The Brewers played the Nationals and were up after eight innings in that game. And it was a classic example of Craig Council overmanaging. Did it all year. Came back to bite him in the 163rd game of the year. And Woodruff had no business coming out of that game after four innings. I don't get it. I think Council, even though I said he's over, he, he outmanaged Madden quite a bit. Um, I think he started to think that he was bulletproof and that his pitchers could win, no matter how many pitchers you paraded out there. Well, you can't parade eight pitchers out there every night and expect them to succeed, and they didn't. So he pulls out Woodruff. He, you know, has a bridge over to Pomerantz. Pomerantz pitches two innings. He should have pitched three. If you had pitched Woodruff five, Pomerantz two, Lyles one, uh, they get you to Hater, and Hater, man, he was so charged up, the adrenaline was flowing. He had a hard time ever throwing a strike. If these guys weren't swinging, they were walking. Hater was miserable. It's at that uh, they said 17 out of 17 attempts for a six-out save, and he didn't get through uh, the eighth inning without blowing the lead, thanks to Yelich's replacement, Grisham, making a critical error in the ninth inning, and that was it. Boom. Eight innings of uh, great times and one inning of uh, not-so-great times, and bam, you're gone. You're going home. And that was the kind of gut-wrenching blow the Cubs experienced one year before. So the Cubs were nauseated in, 19, er, yeah, in 2018, and the Brewers in 2019. They both are sitting at home, the Cubs without a manager, and the rumor is on that front that it's going to be, well, all the sports talk radio is saying it's going to be David Ross, Grandpa Ross. I don't know. I think that's who Theo wants to go with. He interviewed Loretta already. Giardi's going to interview as soon as he's done broadcasting on the playoffs this week. And then uh, he'll talk to a couple other people. But um, I think it comes down to Giardi or Ross. Do you want somebody experienced or not? Interesting stat that I got to give uh, <clears throat> Bob Costas credit for during a broadcast in the playoffs, which he and Smoltz are doing. I believe it's the Yankee game, <clears throat> Yankees versus the Rays, no contest. Um, he said, interestingly, that of the eight teams left in the playoffs, only one team had a manager that had managed before he got to the team that are currently in the playoffs. And that was Hinch with the Astros. He was with the Diamondbacks before. But the Dodgers, Dave Roberts was there before, and he has been there as a one-time manager. And then you've got the Yankee manager, Boone, and the Rays manager, Cash, and the Cardinals guy, who I can never remember, and the Braves guy, who's even goofier name, et cetera, et cetera. Seven of the eight guys on the first, first time with that team managing. So... Theo listens to that and says, well, then I'll take Rossi. And uh, that way I can pretty well tell him what I want. And he better do it. Now, who knows? We'll know in a week or two. But, and I think it's going to be Girardi. I'm hoping it's Girardi. Uh, interesting. I guess I really don't care. Either one of those guys is okay. But it's interesting because 
I don't think Theo wants the manager to pick the coaches. I think Theo wants to actually be the manager, but he can't. So he's going to be the general manager, but he's going to pick the coaches like he did this year. I have not heard whether those two guys that are the hitting coach and the pitching coach are going to be back. I can't imagine that they would be, except that they, you know, they both are Theo guys. Uh, both Theo guys. Oh my, bad, bad, bad. Anyway, so you got that. You've got another thing that I think I've thought about during the playoffs is the broadcasting. Um, I admit, and I think it's human nature, there are a lot of broadcasters that I just don't like to hear. I don't know these guys. I don't like Joe Buck. I can't stand listening to Joe Buck. I think Joe Buck and Tim McCarver are personally responsible for driving the ratings down. But they hand it off to a bunch of different crews that are also instrumental in driving these ratings down. So Joe Buck is pathetic. I've already talked about Costas and Smolsey. They're just not exciting. You know, give me the Dizzy Dean days, the Joe Garagiola, Tony Kubek, John Miller. I mean, these are contemporary guys that are around that could do it. Um, uh, you know, Len, um, well, let's see, what's Len's name? He did the game last night. Len Albert, maybe. Not our Len Casper. Uh, Giardi and Przinsky were the um, guys with him. They were okay. They were average. They were Melba Toast, brown shoes, white paint. They were okay. That's it. They were okay. I do not, for the life of me, understand why. Well, I know. It's money. The Fox... TBS and MLB Network, which is owned by MLB. They own the balls. They own the network. They own everything. They don't care. They're, they don't, as long as they're making money and the Royals sold for a billion dollars, they don't give a hoot what their attendance is. And if the TV stations are dumb enough to pony up big raises while the ratings go in the tank, then... There's something about advertising I don't understand, but I'm sure that's true, too. So, why in the world don't they do what they used to do, and that's have the local guy do at least part of the game. You know, have the old Jack Brickhouses do some of the broadcasts for the World Series, or hire somebody from a local team to do the World Series, like Bob Uecker, like... Brenneman, like Dwayne Stats, like Len Casper, like you name I'm sh every team's got a good guy. Now, local radio guys do the radio, but you get Euchre to come on and do TV. Brian Anderson from the Brewers comes and does TBS games, and I got to tell you, I wasn't a fan of B.A. when he was broadcasting the Brewer games, and I'm less of a fan of B.A. when he's doing the uh, game between the Braves and the Cardinals. He is rooting for the Cardinals. I don't know why, other than he wants Joe Buck to pick him to be his second in command. I don't get it for the life of me. Um, there are so many more exciting guys. 
And, you know, it's just so easy to get excited. You don't have to do everything in the play-by-play, but, man, oh, man, the TV ratings are going in the tank, and it's because these broadcast guys are horrible, bad, not interesting. Don't make a mistake. Be pretty calm. There's a swing and a drive to left field. I think it's got a chance to get out of here. It does. Well, Bill, I'll tell you what. He really, that was a thigh-high room service fastball that he hit out of the ballpark, and I'm not surprised. I mean, oh, my God, it's boring. Anyway, trying not to get boring on this show, but that may be inevitable. So let's switch topics to something that I want to get to at the beginning of this year. Early in the podcast, I had predicted uh, that if you had a payroll that was above the major league average, you had an 80% chance of getting in the playoffs. 80% chance. That means out of the top 10 teams, eight of those 10 teams would get in the playoffs. And I got to tell you, came pretty damn close this year. And that's what the Cubs and the Red Sox dropping out of the race. The Red Sox early, the Cubs lost nine games in a row coming down the stretch. Madden was gone, but Madden was gone before spring training. I don't care what anybody says. They wanted to get rid of him. They had such a happy divorce. They had a press conference together. Tom Ricketts sent out a letter. Uh, Joe will be forever one of my best friends. Joe's a great guy. Well, he's also the winningest manager in Cub history, other than maybe Frank Chance, Tinkers to Evers to Chance. But Madden is a wizard. Now, do I like everything? No. But if you let him have his coaches, if he had Mike Maddox standing next to him, he wouldn't make such stupid pitching changes. Instead, he's got Hatovi, who never pitched in the major leagues. Maybe he had a cup of coffee up here. He's somebody that Theo drafted. By God, we're going to bring him up because he's big on analytics. You know what? I don't sit at a game and watch the game with a computer, but I can sure as heck tell you when a pitcher's out of gas. I can sure as heck tell you when a pitcher's going good and don't bring him out. Oh, we don't want him to face the lineup for the third time. That's a bunch of crap. I mean, give me a break. This modern-day baseball with the statistical reliance is ridiculous and boring, and the ratings show it. The attendance shows it. Teams are giving away seats now. They're all going to these, buy 100 games for $50, and you can sit wherever the hell you want because we don't ever fill up. Now, Oakland's having an embarrassing time, even though they are um, a wild card team, and they lost the wild card game. And on top of that, the city of Oakland filed a damn lawsuit trying to stop the construction of the new stadium. And talk about laying an egg. Talk about litigating yourself away from a major league baseball city. Manfred's about done with this city. Now, the town wanted to respond, and they, before the litigation, they all bought their tickets to the wildcard game. 54,000 people at the wildcard game. They hadn't been in the third level of Oakland Alameda Stadium for a decade, unless it was to see the Raiders play. 
whenever they were out there. I'm not sure where the Raiders are now. Well, they're in England. Play the Bears. But you know what I mean. So 54,000 people, the, uh, the poor concessionaires, they, had never, they weren't in shape. They couldn't climb all those stairs up to the third deck to sell beer. It was sad. They needed oxygen. They were huffing and puffing. and I mean, by the end of the third inning, there was no more concessions being sold up in the third level because they couldn't get up there. They were out of shape. They weren't used to it. They never went beyond the bowl, which is the vernacular for the first level. Anyway, so here is the economic rundown of the theory that I gave that is more or less supported by it with a couple moderate exceptions. Number one and two, as I said, Cubs gone, Red Sox gone. Number three, Yankees. They're going to be in the World Series or at least the ALCS. Number four, the Dodgers. They got, i tell you what, the Dodgers have, um, they have to be worried. And the reason they need to be worried is the Nationals split out in Los Angeles. And now they go back tomorrow for game number three. And the Nationals have Scherzer. They double-teamed Scherzer and Strasburg yesterday. That was a pretty slick move by Scherzer to agree to do that and by um, Martinez to think of it or whoever thought of it. And I, as you well know, I don't like the Nationals because they messed around my buddy Sammy Solis. But they have a good shot of beating the Dodgers. It's two out of three now, and two of the games are back in Washington. And they got Strasburg, Corbin, and uh, Mad Max on their ball club ready to go. So if their bullpen can hold up, they're going to win. Their hitting's incredible. Unbelievable. So that's the Dodgers. They're in fourth place, payroll-wise. Number six, the Cardinals. Number seven, the Astros. Number eight, the Nationals. So, out of the first eight payrolls, five, do the math, it's about 70%, maybe 80%. I don't have my little computer here. That's a big percentage of the payroll. You pay and you play in October. You don't pay, you go home, like the Royals like the Orioles, like the Marlins, like the Tigers, like a lot of other teams. Some paid pretty well and made a lot for nothing, like the Rays, and others didn't. Rounding out the upper half of the payroll folks would be the Atlanta Braves at number 14, pretty much right at the average. So you've got the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Cardinals, the Astros, the Nationals, and the Braves. That's six teams in the upper half. And then the Twins were just right on the cuspus at number 18. And the Rays were in last place at 30. So the Rays have become the new A's. The A's were the Rays, and now the Rays are the A's. And, uh, you know, credit to that, that team. They, they made one of the great trades of all their uh, short history, getting rid of Archer and getting a starting pitcher and an outfielder, and they're both great. Dumb move. Dumb move. So wins per million, 
or millions per win. I haven't gone back and figured it out. We'll do that next time. But clearly, if you're in the top half, you've got a really good shot at getting in the playoffs. If you're in the bottom half, you don't. Things have to go your way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So now, here we are. We've got the Yankees blowing away uh, the competition in that game. We've got the Astros and the Rays. The Astros are looking good. That game is today, and I'm going to watch that with uh, Garrett Cole pitching. Whew. And then game three, Granky, the Rays don't have a prayer. No prayer. Snell's pitching versus Cole. Good matchup. No prayer, Rays. You're done. Twins can't beat the Yankees. They're done. So the Braves, I think, are going to hold off the Cardinals. That would be cool, but I'm not positive. The Yankees are clearly going to uh, go on. The Dodgers, questionable. The Cards, questionable. The Astros, yes. So, in my opinion, you'll have the number three payroll, definitely in. The number seven payroll, definitely in. Maybe the eighth payroll and the 14th payroll, and that will be the final four. And it's going to be exciting, and it's going to go until next week. And we'll continue to have podcasts updating you. How about the Braves with Acuna um, in that game where he hit the ball off the right field fence, sort of trotted to first with bat in hand, then finally realized it wasn't a home run, and Fowler threw a perfect ball to second base that persuaded Acuna that he needed to stop at first. It was a disgrace. It was an absolute disgrace, but this guy can hit. It's kind of like Baez, you know, in uh, a year or two ago when Javi was a little less mature. Now, Acuna, I'm sure, was lectured by Freeman and others not to do that again, and so he's digging around the bases and he's hitting really, really well. So, Braves are looking good. Cardinals are, you know, they're evened up. Dodgers not looking so good. The Yankees are looking really good. The Twins, eh, the Rays, eh, you know, I just don't see it for the Rays. Don't see it for the Twins. So, anyway, I think the NLCS is going to have the, I don't like it. I'm picking the Cardinals over the Dodgers. And, uh, of course, they're playing the Braves, so that's not going to work. <laughs> okay. I'm picking the Nationals over the Dodgers, and I'm picking the Cardinals over the Braves. So I'm saying right here today when each of these series is one-to-one, -one, the Cardinals are going to win, and the Nationals are going to win, and you're going to have the Cards versus the Nationals, Central Division versus the Wild Card in the NLCS and I don't think there's any doubt that the Yankees are going to play in Houston for the ALCS. So there you have it. We'll check how I did at the end of the playoff, at the end of the divisional series, which I believe is next weekend. So that's it. That's the current status. Is anybody having a great time? Verlander's amazing. He rolls on. The Yankees are amazing because they got Clabber Torres. Yes, the Cubs gave him up for getting Chapman for three months. Worked out. 
I'd take that deal any day, still would. People laugh. They go, oh, man, we gave away Glaver Toros. We gave away Eloy Jimenez. So what? you got to try. My exciting teams of next year, I think, are the San Diego Padres and the Chicago White Sox. I'm pumped about the Pale Hose. I think the Pale Hose are going to have a good team. And I just hope they continue to get better. Tim Anderson won the batting title in the American League. He had the leading average for anybody in baseball. Not bad. And Abreu was right up there near the top with uh, RBIs. And my man Jorge Soler finished third, I believe. He was the leading home run hitter in the American League. And uh, he finished just a few behind uh, Pete Alonzo, who nobody had heard of when I did my first podcast, and now he's a stud. And those things are cool. You know, baseball, for all its problems, it really is amazing how most of these games turn on some incident that you think should never have happened, and you don't know when it's going to happen. So you sit down, and you wait for that story to unfold, and if you are pretty much a fan of both teams, that's okay. If you hate one team, then it's not so fun because you're just waiting for the roof to collapse on your team. Now, as I was watching these games, I wondered, do I dislike certain teams because I dislike the announcers or the announcers that seem to be rooting for those teams? Do I not like the Cardinals because I really don't like their announcers? I don't like Joe Buck. I do like John Rooney. He's an awesome announcer, but I don't know if he's doing the playoffs. Probably not. Um, I like the Brewers. I like Bob Uecker, and I don't like Brian Anderson's rendition. I like Rock and Craig Kishon. I think they ought to let Brian Anderson go to something bigger and better. Um, you know, he's good. He just doesn't shut up. I just don't like that. Anyway, do I like yeah, I, I, I like my teams. I like the Cubs. I like the Brewers. I like the White Sox. And uh, that's it. The 59 World Series. This will be the final up-to-date recap 59 World Series. Game 1, the White Sox destroyed the Dodgers 11 to nothing on October 1st. World Series was over by October 8th. That means that three days from today, the World Series will be over. We don't even know. We're two weeks away from knowing who's going to be in the World Series. So baseball has stretched this out all through the month of October so the players can get millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. That's okay. No problem. Then, game two went to the Dodgers. Game three went to the Dodgers. Game four... And sorry, the 59 World Series is more exciting than I'm giving it credit. Game 5 went to the White Sox. Game 6, which I was at, Sox lost 9-3. to End of the deal. Now, the 1919 World Series, I'm going to continue to cover it, this podcast and next pie. This is a really interesting set of games and set of circumstances where there was a certain murmur going on that the games were being thrown by the White Sox. The series was being thrown by the White Sox. Game one, 
went to the Reds. Game two went to the Reds. Both of these games were played for some reason in Crosley Stadium, Crosley Field in Cincinnati. Came back to Chicago, the White Sox won three to nothing. Game four, the Reds won. Game five, the Reds won. So today they'd be done. That'd be the best out of seven, but this was the best out of nine. So the Reds are up four to one after five games. Game six, the White Sox win five to four, and now the series is four to two. In game seven, the Sox win four to three, and all of a sudden you've got a series going on, and you're starting to wonder if it is thrown until game number eight, where the Reds win ten to five, clinch the series, drink the champagne. That party took place at Comiskey Park in front of 33,000 people. Now, clearly the eight men out movie accurately portrays the guys that were in on the fix, from Lefty Williams to Ed Seacott to Joe Jackson to Buck Weaver. But Jackson, in that series, went 12 for 32 with a 375 batting average and 5 for 12 with runners in scoring position. None of the Cubs did 5 for 12 with runners in scoring position all year. Were they throwing the series? Were they throwing each series? No. Ray Schalk, in the Hall of Fame, not in the Gang of Eight, hit 304. Buck Weaver, who claims he didn't do anything wrong, never took a dime, got kicked out of baseball, he had 324. So, man, oh man, they go to trial, they get acquitted, and then they're thrown out of baseball, banned for life. Interesting stuff, interesting stuff. My White Sox, my Comiskey Park, and uh, of course, that was a long time before I was born. So there you have it. We've talked a little bit about the 59 White Sox. We've talked a lot about the 1919 White Sox. We've talked about the playoffs. Are they really very exciting? Is anybody watching? Does anybody care? Uh, the Yankees are in it, so the ratings are going to be good. But do you really watch it? Do you really take time to sit there and watch part of a game? Did you watch four and a half hours worth of a game? Did you copy the game on your DVR and then watch part of it? Or did you just say, hey, my team's out, I don't care? I think most fans said, my team's out, I don't care. And uh, it is becoming increasingly boring to watch the game. There's no color in the broadcast. It takes too long. And, you know, you don't really, so far we haven't seen the strikeout problem. Although in a couple of games there have been a lot of strikeouts and we haven't seen the home run problem. Although in the Yankee game, there were a lot of home runs. Most of the others have been kind of uh, normal when it comes to home runs and strikeouts. But does anybody care? I don't know. So we'll ask our listeners if they care. And if you do, send me an email saying you care. If you don't care, send me an email. You've got my email address. Send me an email. You've got my Facebook. You've got my Instagram. You've got my Twitter account. Go ahead and let me know what you're thinking, because right now I'm thinking this is uh, boring until uh, the winter meetings when we pick up a little interest in guys that are going to be free agents and if they're getting signed, and then spring training. So to me, 
Here's the deal. Spring training in the beginning of the year, April, May, June, are way, way, way more exciting than the playoffs when your team is not in it. Now, my brother's a big Astros fan, so I'm rooting for the Astros. They're a great team. I think they're going to win the World Series. I think they're going to beat the Yankees. But do most people care? Are most people playing fantasy football instead of watching baseball? I think so. Now, you can tune into MLB Network and hear those guys do the highlights. That's kind of fun. Then you don't have to waste four and a half hours. You just turn on uh, MLB Network and either see Heidi or whoever happens to be the highlight guys, and uh, they do a pretty nice job. You can watch each game in 15 minutes. That's what I recommend. This other stuff, it's just an advertising scheme for MLB. It's a long boring deal. And the umpires are no better now than they were during the season. So I'm a little bumped about it. And I don't mind saying that. So yeah, lighter side of baseball never seems very light. I just don't have a much of a conspiracy except I think the balls are made a certain way now so that they fly to the ballpark. The bats have been improved so they don't break very often. Although man oh man in the uh Oh, what game was that? The Nationals game when Zimmerman came up to pinch hit. The Nationals were on the the brink of losing the wild card game, and Zimmerman got a hit off the handle, broke the bat in half. Didn't shatter, it just broke. There are not incidents of that shattering maple bat that we used to see. So, not sure what that's all about. But at any rate... We've got uh, two games today and then two games tomorrow and then on and on and on getting ready for uh, who will be eliminated and who will be in the NLCS and the ALCS and then who will be in the World Series. So this is Jamie Rescue. This is what uh, we're going to do. We're going to break today uh, because there's really not much going on until you know maybe Cole throws a no-hitter. And... Um, we don't know what Theo's doing because he's not really doing much of anything. I think by next week there'll be some movement on the Cubs. There'll be some movement on the uh, managerial fronts. There are openings in the Mets. I think they're going to fire Kapler. They haven't done it yet. Pittsburgh job's open. The California job's open. The Cubs job is open. The Giants' job is open. The Orioles is not open. The Marlins cut my man Mattingly's salary in half, and he agreed to stay there. And I think I've identified all of the uh, openings. I think Madden is going to either stay in Pennsylvania or take the job in California. And my money's on California as long as he gets to pick his own coaches. He'll go where he can pick his own coaches. And it won't be Hatovi, and it won't be Anthony Laposi, or whatever his name is. So, for the lighter side of baseball, uh, this should be a light time. I mean, it should be a fun time. But the rich teams, the teams that are paying, are in the playoffs. The playoff games are going long. The announcers suck. And there's not much enthusiasm. Attendance is down. Ratings are down. So I'm pumped. I love this time of year. Don't get me wrong. Don't mistake all what I just said for my feeling kind of sad about baseball. I'm not sad about baseball. I'm looking forward to some White Sox games 
Woodchucks games, going on the road next year, and we are going to continue podcasts through number 42. Jackie Robinson will be our last podcast of of this year, 2019, and then we will head into the new season, maybe after the winter meetings. So that's it for now. Jamie Retzke on the lighter side of baseball. I'm pumped. I'm glad you guys are listening. The listening audience is growing by leaps and bounds. I think next year we're going to have some call-in opportunities. I'm going to try to get some more live bodies to do some of these shows with me. And I think all in all, we're going to come up with a sponsor. So, a lot to look forward to, a lot to be excited about. And until next week, when we have a little more activity in the playoffs, this is Jamie Retzke on the lighter side of baseball, hoping that you watch a little bit of the playoffs, hope that the Chiefs kick butt on, Mon- on Sunday night, and that the Bears bring home a winner in uh, London. And that I'm kind of pulling for my predictions to be wrong about the Cardinals, and my buddy really wants the Braves to win, and I feel like uh, I could say I, think, I feel like the Cardinals are going to lose, and that way I've covered all my bases. But you know what I've already said? I'll stick by it, and uh, I flipped over my strategy. Notice how I picked them to finish last, and they won. Now I'm picking them to win, hoping they'll lose. So there you have it. Jamie Retzke, have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.